We often hear the phrase, they have a servant's heart. But what does that mean? What does having a servant's heart really look like? Well, stick around and we'll talk about that with today's guest on Here at Home. Welcome to the Here at Home podcast, a podcast about the people here at McGregor, their stories, their ministry, and their love for Jesus. My name is Mark Bricker, and I'm your host for the Here at Home podcast. And joining me on today's podcast is Kai Shanks. Kai, welcome to the podcast. Having me. All right. Got your mic going there. Yes. Yes. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. I know we're going to have a lot of fun. You are a fun person. Thank you. Thank Lots you. Lots of energy. I need that right now. Joy in the Lord. Joy in the Lord. Uh, <laughs> That's right. We were talking about before we started about the, the song that you had heard. Uh, I will not. Com- I, I won't complain. I won't complain. I won't complain. You never complain, do you? I don't. I try not to have nothing to complain about. You know, once I got saved and everything else just kind of goes to the wayside because I know where I'm going. That's right. Mm -hmm, That's right. mm -hmm. Well, uh, let's let folks get to know this uh, ball of energy named Kai Shanks a little bit better in case they don't know you. I know a lot of folks around McGregor have gotten to know you in the the few years, really, that you've been a member here. But in case they don't know you, tell us a little bit about Kai. Well, my name is Kai Shanks, and I was born and raised in Washington, D.C. We moved here four and a half years ago from Maryland. Yeah. Uh, my husband, Noel, he just was ordained as a deacon. He was um, born in New Jersey, and he is retired Navy. And so we belong to a really wonderful Bible-teaching, mission-oriented church in Maryland. So Mm. that's what we were looking for when we came here, and we found it at McGregor. All right. Well, I'm glad the Lord brought you down here. Now, your husband... You say Noel or Noel? I say Noel, but he'll answer to either one. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because I thought I heard you say Noel, but then one time I thought I heard you say, you said it faster and it almost sounded like you said Noel, so. Yeah, he'll respond to anything. I usually call him Honey Poo, so. (laughs) All right, there you go. Let's move on. (laughs) Uh, Tell us how you came to know Christ. Well, that's an interesting story because I had been feeling the Lord tugging at me because I was born into a family where my mom was Episcopalian and my dad was Baptist. Mm -hmm. And so um, as I got older in my teenage years and after I had been confirmed, it's sort of like a Catholic religion. Then I kind of walked away from church, and um, it wasn't until I was in my 20s or 30s uh, when I was working. A friend of mine and I were training for our first 5K, and as we were training, she mentioned her church. Hmm. And because I had this feeling that God was really calling me back to church, I decided to go there. And Noel at the time was stationed in Norfolk, Virginia, when he was not out to sea. So I told him that I was going to go to this church. I went to this church, and I was truly blessed by the people. They were so welcoming. The pastor taught from the Word of God. And in the Episcopal Church, I was used to a more ceremonial, formal. formal kind of thing. So I really loved the church. And then the pastor, as associate pastor and another gentleman came to our home and shared the gospel with us. Mm. And when he shared the gospel and shared with me that 
all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and that that punishment is death or eternal separation from God when we die. Hmm. And then he told us about the gift that he provided by grace of salvation. And then he asked me if I believe those things. Yes. So my next question was, okay, I believe that I'm a sinner. I believe Christ died for me. And I believe that it says this is the gift of God. So how do I get the gift? So they shared with me that I needed to believe that Jesus had died on the cross for my sins, repent Mm. of my sins, and uh, confess it before the Lord, and that I was justified before the Lord. And so now I know where I'm going when I die. And that was the best news that I had heard. Now, is that the first time you'd really been exposed to the gospel? Yes. Wow. Yes. Even though I had gone to church my whole life, I had never heard the gospel. I had people ask me about if I was saved before, and I had no idea what they were talking about, even though I grew up in the Episcopal church. Mm. Wow. And how old were you then? I was at the time when I got saved, yes. about 30. About 30, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. And did uh, Noel get saved at the same No, time? Noel was saved as a child. Oh, okay. His mom, he was saved and baptized as a child um, with his mom. Okay. And so he knew Christ, but he hadn't been really walking with him at the time. Um, and he was feeling this drawing too. Now he was back and forth out to sea on aircraft mm-hmm. carriers and that sort of thing. And when he retired at the ceremony, one of the things people spoke about with him is that how faithful he was and how he was always on his knees praying every night, no matter where they were. Mm, That's neat. Mm -hmm. That's neat. Mm -hmm. Well, getting saved obviously changed your life, Yes. but it then sent it on a little bit of a different trajectory at that point. Mm -hmm. Uh, And other things became more important than they used to be. And some things that maybe were important weren't so important, but we started this podcast talking about about serving. Mm -hmm. And I know you, in the little time that I've known you, you exemplify when we talk about someone having a servant's heart. In fact, um, today, earlier, we were at an event, at the same event. It was a a, a thing for our widows. They have once a month. It's called, it's the Wings Ministry. Yes. And it's just, I look forward to that. It's the first Thursday of every month and Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not a widow. Yes. (laughs) But I enjoy going over there and just being a part of that group. But I watched you and uh, you uh, have a servant's heart in that scenario where you're doing just constantly looking for ways to minister and serve those those ladies. Uh, oh, thank you. Even from walking around with the ketchup and mustard, <laughs> <laughs> as I referred you as the condiment lady. The condiment lady, <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Walking around, but and then uh, while even after that, you're packing up to go things for them to take home, and so just uh, just watching you and your desire to serve. So that's what I wanted to talk about because. I think a lot of people have a desire to serve. Uh, Maybe they're not sure exactly how to or what to, Mm -hmm. uh, or maybe they've just gotten busy doing other things. And that's kind of one of those, maybe one day, and maybe that one day just never seems to come. But I thought if we could walk through and talk about your progress and kind of coming to know the Lord, as you just shared, and, 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 and some of those first steps towards serving, and then we'll just kind of move all the way till we get to where we are today and have you give an opportunity to share all the things that you're involved in here at McGregor. So you get saved. What's the first thing that begins to happen in your life? Well, the first thing was being discipled. Mm. 
So there were beginner groups that would help me to learn about the Word of God, how to study the Word of God. But there was also a ministry that God tugged at my heart. It was the sign language ministry. And so there I learned how to sign for the Lord, how to interpret for the Lord. And we had our leader was very um, focused on us growing in God. First, so you'd never done that before. I had never done it. So they before. said, "Hey, you want to come learn?" Yes, come learn. Yes. So we would have classes twice a week, and we would do Bible study first, and then we would learn our sign language, and then we would go to other churches that our pastor had approved of that had sound doctrine, and they would they might be having lessons there, and we'd learn there. And then I had the opportunity to travel on missions because just like here, they. Were were very involved with missions. So I went to Jamaican Christian School for the Deaf and was able to minister to the kids there. It was a residential school for the deaf Mm. in Jamaica, which there is an embarrassment to their parents. And so it was really great to be able to reach out and show them the love of Christ and to share the gospel and sign in the community. Now, how long does it take one to, is it like any other language? It's going to take a few years to really get fluent and... Yes, and you really need someone to talk to in sign language because just like any language, like you were Gotta saying, practice it. if you don't practice, then you forget everything. Mm. So I've been involved with teaching um, beginners classes and so forth in Maryland. Um, but if you don't practice, I was blessed that where I worked for my career, I had a deaf coworker oh. for 20 oh, years. Wow. And I was pretty much the only person he had to talk to. Yeah. So, But that always gave me lots of practice and uh, to practice sign language. Do you happen to be out and about and run into people where you're able to use that? Yes, yes. In fact, I was at a gas station and there was a police officer who was struggling trying to communicate with someone who's deaf. Mm. And I just walked up and started signing and both of them were so happy. (laughs) They were so like, oh, thank goodness, some way to communicate. So it's it's a great thing to know because you can always... uh, um, run into someone in a store, in Walmart or somewhere who just needs just a little hand in communication mm. and they'll appreciate it so much. And even if you just learn a little mm-hmm. and you attempt to communicate with them, they actually appreciate that you've taken the time to try to learn that. Now I see parents, they'll teach their kids that are very, even before they're able to talk, can learn some, they can pick up that faster than they can even verbalizing. They do. Yeah, Kids can uh, pick it up so quickly. Just like the kids you see them signing um, the songs Mm -hmm. in the children's ministry, they pick it up and they enjoy it. So it's really, it's really easy. But if you're motivated, it's fun to learn. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to fast forward. We'll come back Mm -hmm. to that point in your life. But you use signing here at McGregor. You uh, have been, uh, and it's, it's, uh, it's, typically been to music. Yes. So that's got to be a little bit different, right? Is it? Well, I learned how to sign first to music. Oh, okay. Yeah, because the first time I was signing in front of the church at my church in Maryland, I was so scared 
to sign in front of people that that morning as I was getting ready for church, I accidentally took my dog's heartworm medicine instead of my vitamins. <laughs> is that is that a bad thing? <laughs> yes, I think it is. And so instead of getting ready for church, I'm on with poison control trying to figure out if I'm going to be okay. And they said, you'll be fine. You just won't have worms. Yeah, that's good. So, yes. <laughs> Positive. Thanks. So that's an encouragement for people who um, are hesitant to, to serve or Probably do something, something new. outside of the right. box, yeah. that just trust God and he'll get you through it. You can be nervous. Even be- if you take heartworm. That's your right. pet's heartworm. That's medicine. right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, back to that first, that was that first entry into ministry. And so that yes. took a lot of work, a lot of preparation, a lot of study, but yes. now you're doing that. Uh, what was next for Kai? Well, after that, we went on mission trips, and then there was an opportunity to learn about inductive study in the Bible. Mm. And I had watched women teach in the women's ministry, and I used to think, how do they know? How did they get all of that out of what they're teaching. And so someone had told me about inductive study and learning how to observe what the text says and accurately interpret it. And so I finally stepped outside the box and got involved and I got so excited Mm -hmm. to be able to study and learn the Bible for myself and to um, keep me from being swayed by every wind of doctrine I hear that the woman who was the ministry leader when she moved to North Carolina, she tapped me to become the leader for the women's inductive study. Wow. So that's what I started doing then. And then also teaching the children once a month. I was involved in that as well. So so going back to the inductive Bible study, you, yes. how many years were you in it before you started becoming a leader? Uh, I would say about four years. Four years. So mm-hmm. you had a chance to really learn and grow and understand yes. that method to be able to help others. Yes. I also went to um, Precept Ministry International. They're in, and I believe they're in Kentucky, or I'm not or sure, with Tennessee, a K- Tennessee yeah. with K. Author. Mm-hmm. So I've been to several of her classes, training. We learned how to teach children. We've went to Pennsylvania to get training, all from Precept Ministries International. Mm-hmm. So that really was kind of my heart because it's so important that we know how Mm. to interpret the Bible accurately and not to be swayed by things we may have learned as children or old sayings that we think came from the Bible, but they didn't. And understanding to take the Bible, what it says, in context and not out of context, Mm. because people can make it say whatever they want if they take it out of context. So my heart is for ladies to know that you can learn that, and then you can teach other people how to accurately interpret the Bible for yourself. So important to to know how to study the Bible. And we, we... We tend to be a little lazy when it yes. comes to that. And, and well, I'll listen to what someone else says. And sometimes yes. that can be good, but mm-hmm. that can also not, it defeats the purpose of why God has given us his word. It's for us to, to, to feed off of and to yes. get nourishment from individually, as well as corporately when we come to worship. Yeah. So good for you. That's awesome. We'll yeah. talk more about how that plays out in a little oh. while here at McGregor. So you, you went through that. Now you're the inductive Bible study, ladies inductive Bible study leader at your church. Yes. Uh, and you're probably growing with that and, and 
feeling more comfortable with that. So how long did you do that? And then what was next? Well, I did that until we moved here okay, four so. years ago. And so during that time, we had about three or four ladies that were teaching inductive study, Bible studies. And during that time, we taught over 30 studies and reached over 300 women wow. with the Word of God that they can study for themselves. And as you're getting to know people and just kind of listen and see if that person is a person who is going to stick to what the Word of God says and not veer to the left or right because of a personal opinion. Hmm. And then those people you tap to be teachers as well. And so that was very exciting as well. So you enjoyed seeing other people step up and become leaders. Yes, yes, because we all need to know. Yeah, And what's nice is even though God called you away from that church, those leaders were still there serving and ministering and hopefully carrying on that ministry just as good as if you were there. Amen. They won't even know I was ever there. (laughs) I'm sure (laughs) they will know. No, they will know (laughs) that Kai was there. Yes, you leave a, a nice imprint everywhere you go, I'm sure. For <laughs> in a the good Lord. way. That's right. In a good way. Yeah. Okay. So you, you did that until you left. Anything else that you did before in that church? Well, uh, one of the fun things that we did was um, we wanted to, I, I've been raising funds for multiple sclerosis for 25 years mm-hmm. because I had friends and family members who had had MS okay. and you can see how devastating that is. Mm-hmm. And I like to do fun physical things. And so we formed a uh, cycling team for our church. And so I was the captain of the cycling team, and we raised uh, lots of money, thousands of dollars for MS in the name of God. And we had uh, our shirts, our cycling shirts, were uh, John 3.16. They had John 3.16 on the back and on the sides and in the front, and it says, uh, Jesus saves. Mm. And so it was a way to uh, actually share the gospel because mm. lots of other teens would stop us because of our jerseys. And ask about that, yeah. Yeah, so it was a way to share the gospel and also do something fun. Yeah. So and years later, I started taking the harp, yeah. And so I, when I took the harp, I was just doing it for myself. That's how I knew Kai. Kai, isn't she the harp player? Yeah, yes, so, yeah. yes. Okay, how'd that come about? Yeah, tell us how, how you... Well, what happened was I grew up in Washington, D.C. So that's the home of the museums and everything there. So my mom was an architect and my dad was an engineer. We used to drive down the streets of Washington, and my mother would quiz us on what type of column that was. (laughs) And I can't remember any of them now, but we had to know all the columns and so forth. So we would go to the National Gallery of Art, and we would go in the basement and have our dinner. They had a cafeteria. And then we would go out into the vestibules, and they would have orchestras. Mm. And I fell in love with the oboe and the harp. So fast forward 20 years, and where I was working, a music school came into that building. Mm. So that building, music school, was right next to the gym where I would go every day for lunch. So I saw a young man on the elevator with his music bag, and I asked him, well, what are you taking? He said, the piano. And I was like, wow, I always wanted to play the harp. And he said, well, they have that there. (laughs) And so that was it. I went home and told my husband, I think I'm going to take music lessons. And he said, oh, 
what are you going to play? And I said, the harp. And he gave me the funniest look, like, what in the world? A harp, really? <laughs> so you you always wanted to play the oboe or the harp. So the oboe yes. is one of the smaller instruments. Yes. The harp is one of the largest instruments. Yes, it is. So yes, quite it is. a range there. You couldn't have picked the smaller one. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's like a standing piano. If yeah. you turn the piano sideways, exactly. that's kind of what it is. It's kind of hard to travel with one, but you figured out a way to do it, haven't yes, you? Yes, we have a car for it. I've seen you toting that thing around. Yes. So how many years did you take lessons? Um, I took lessons for about five years, but I didn't start till I was in my 40s. Yeah. And so I went to a conference called Beginning in the Middle for adults mm. who are just learning how to play the harp. Oh, that's neat. So originally it was just for me, but the pastor in Maryland asked me if I would play for his daughter's wedding. And how'd that go? And I was petrified. <laughs> this was your first time playing it in public? It was my first time playing yeah. in public. Well, I say the first time playing at church, church in public. Okay. The first time playing in a recital was a disaster, but <laughs> <laughs> because I was so scared and I had memorized this song, I played it over and over. I knew it by heart. But when I got up in front of everybody and I extended my hands in front of me, I could see them trembling. No. And so then that made me even more scared. And so when I finally started playing, I was playing about 5,000 miles an hour. And I could hear the <laughs> owner of the school whispering on the side, slow down. <laughs> and the whole song was 30 seconds. Yes, it was. I'm done. I'm done. I'm finished. Thank you very uh, much. <laughs> so did it go better for the, the wedding of the your past? Yes, it did. And I, um, I, I attribute that because I had had a little bit of experience, but also because we had had a little hurricane and the power had gone out and we were on a generator. So I was playing in semi-darkness. Oh, so no one could see me. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> they could just hear the beautiful music. Did you start playing regularly at church there? I did. I did yeah. start playing with um, our church band. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have an orchestra, but we had a band. So yes, I played with them. And yeah. then I always went with the men's ministry. We had a men's singing ministry. Mm. And they were called to sing at many different places. And for some reason, they always wanted the harp there. Everybody wants a harp. And so I would go <laughs> Come on, there. now that's one probably the most requested of anything. <laughs> Can we get a harp? Yeah. Harp. <laughs> yeah. So a quick funny story with the harp and the men's chorus was we went and we there were several men's choruses from all over the city. So each one would take a turn playing. So it was, I was up playing with our chorus, time to sit down, and the pastor of the church came and said, everyone be quiet. We want to hear the harp and just the harp. <laughs> and of course, me, panic. I was like, okay, Holy Spirit, help me. And I just played, and it, it went fine. There was the Holy Spirit. And the ministry leader said, Kai, be ye always prepared. Yeah. <laughs> Just the harp. We want to hear just, it. The, just harp. the harp. Mm -hmm. Did you know I have a music background? No. What did you play? I, I played uh, the trumpet. Oh, wonderful. And I uh, started playing the trumpet in, gosh, I think it was fifth grade. Wow. Played middle school and then in high school. And then I went to college and I got a degree in music education. That's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I played a few other instruments a little bit to keep piano and stuff, but yeah. trumpet was my main instrument. So, that's yeah. awesome. So mm -hmm. we have a 
commonality there with our yes. music, love for music. A kindred spirit. I don't play anymore, but I have a great appreciation for music. I Amen. love. And Amen. you're still playing, so that's awesome. Oh, I yes. applaud I, I you. It. I love seeing you up there on Sundays playing Thank the harp. Thank you very much. I'm going to suggest that, uh, that Ryan uh, says, we just need to hear the harp sometime. <laughs> oh, no, please. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get to hear it enough. I see you, but I don't get to hear it enough. All right, so you're, you are serving in the orchestra here, uh, the harp, and you also are using your inductive Bible study skills yes. with our women's ministry. Talk a little bit about that. Well, you know, I had been praying and praying when we came here that I would um, God would allow me to be able to get involved with women's ministry. But the problem was they met on Wednesday nights, and that's also when we have orchestra rehearsal. Oh, yeah. And so you know how God took COVID and just brought many blessings out of it, mm -hmm. and this was one, because the women's ministry had switched to Monday night Zoom classes for the few months that they weren't meeting on Wednesday night in person. And so that gave me, gave me the opportunity to get involved. And um, I got to know Julie and Tamar and Christina better, and they got to know me more and my experience and so forth. And then I was so blessed when they asked me to join the women's teaching team. And that is something that was outside of my comfort zone because I was really, I'm really a let's dig into the Bible together person rather than a person who would stand up and lecture. Um, and so they were confident and encouraged me. And I always look at, God says, I mean, if we don't grow year by year, we shouldn't be in the same place that we were last year. We should be able to see some kind of spiritual growth. And so as I studied the Word of God and um, they helped me to learn how to prepare, it has been such a blessing to, for God to stretch me, as Pastor Russell mm. said, oh, God, we're going over here now, okay, <laughs> and just surrendering to what God's called you to do. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I know you're doing a great job and oh, that uh, my wife has said that you do such a great job in teaching. Thank you very uh, much. It's definitely the Holy Spirit. You teaching this coming Wednesday? Not this Wednesday, tomorrow, but I'll be the March the 16th. March the 16th. Yes, okay. March the 16th. We prepare for Easter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we're throwing in dates that don't really matter because nobody's, this will be uh, uh, oh, a different played day. much later, so okay. that's okay. Okay. That's okay. Okay. They don't mm -hmm. care. So... Um, now, you are involved in a few other things around here. And see, that's what I, when I talk about a servant's heart, I mean, you, you, you could take your time and you could, you know, pick, learn how to play golf and <laughs> do, I mean, maybe you do play golf. I don't know. <laughs> do you play golf? <laughs> I don't play golf. What I only think, a fun, different thing that I was kind of on a bucket list that I've done that I love is stand up paddle boarding. Oh, okay. So that has been a lot of fun. Yeah. I've enjoyed that. But you could spend a lot of time mm -hmm. doing that and right. other hobbies and other things, but you have chosen, um, and I think rightfully so, in obedience to the Lord to say, I want to spend my time as much as possible serving yes. and, and, and letting God use me and work through me to, to minister to others, to serve others, to glorify yes. Him. And 
What are some of the other things that you've involved yourself in here at McGregor? Well, I volunteer at the pantry on Mondays and Wednesdays. And so uh, my role is as a uh, counselor. So I get to interact with all the people who come in that need food and just to talk to them. Sometimes they just want to be heard Mm. and they need prayer. And I get the opportunity to share the gospel with them if they'll allow us. And of course, we can't proselytize. So we ask them for permission. Would you now, would you mind if I share with you? And most people are very receptive. And mm-hmm. then we just plant seeds and, and let the Lord take care of the That's rest. Right. And uh, that has been a blessing. And then also my career, I was a database developer and uh, designer. And so Access, Microsoft Access has been my my software that I used. And so I've been able to redesign the database for the pantry. So oh, now cool. it has a much more user-friendly interface and we have reporting that's much easier to use now. And wow. so I'm there for, for technical support if they run into any problems or make modifications if they want something else done you know, that would make it easier for them to do the data entry and that sort of thing. So what a blessing that is. To so yeah, I got, got their built in uh, programmer developer there, yes. the, the pantry. That's wonderful. Well, I'm blessed to be able to use it yeah. you know, now that I'm not doing that anymore, that I can use that to God's glory. Keep your skills sharp, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, one other thing I'll mention, I know you've gotten involved in our Surrender Fitness Oh, yes, ministry. Surrender Fitness. Talk I a little love, bit about that. Yeah, I love the Surrender Fitness ministry. Um, the first opportunity I had to participate was, it was the year when COVID was here and we still had an event. And so as th- that event went on, it was um, exercise, it was teaching time with Tamar, and we had um, just a lot of fun together. And so it happened again the next year. And so I let them know I'm interested. And so they asked me to um, MC last year. And then I've become involved with, we're planning a monthly walk run where we have a devotional and then we get together. We actually did it on the beach in Sanibel. And uh, it nice. was, and we watched the sunset. And so now we've been going to the area by the Luminary Hotel for sunrise walks. and we're about to start doing that on a monthly basis. So that has been a blessing as well. In addition, the Hope for Kids, you know, being involved with Hope for Kids and co-coordinator with Bob. On a previous podcast, they can go back and see you and Bob on there and talking about Hope for Kids. That's right. That's right. That's awesome. You just, I just, you mentioned about being the MC for the Surrender Fitness event. Mm Uh, that that just fits you perfect. I I could see you being an MC for an event. Well, your 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 outgoing personality and your enthusiasm and upbeatness uh, yeah. would make for a perfect MC. Well, thank you. I, I you just I have to tell you, it's the Lord. Yeah, it's the Lord because. I get nervous just like everybody else, get the butterflies, and I just pray. I have my little Fitbit watch, and I look at my pulse, and I'm like, oh, no, it's 90. So, you know, I just rely on the Lord and just encourage everybody. Just step outside of that comfort zone, Hmm. and you'll be rewarded just by being able to bless someone else. It will bless you. Yeah. Well, I think you probably have encouraged our listeners today and maybe somebody's there thinking, yeah, there is 
some more that I can do in involving myself in serving the Lord. And I would always encourage those listeners, start in your local church. You know, yes. if uh, you're a part of McGregor, start here. If you're a part of another church, start there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you call up here and say, hey, I'm interested in serving. And if you've got an idea of where you want to start, great. If not, then there's folks that would love to sit down with you and talk with you about uh, possibilities of where you yes. can serve. And there's no greater joy. And you experienced this with the inductive Bible study ministry of seeing someone come up in a ministry and then ultimately begin to lead in some yes. form or fashion. And what a blessing that is. It to, really is. To see people develop into the leaders themselves from yes. the ministry. So any final word of encouragement you'd like to give to folks as it relates to uh, serving the Lord? Well, just be open and don't think that if you're going to serve, that it has to be an area where you feel just so totally comfortable. God yeah. calls you outside of mm-hmm. your comfort zone and then just rely on him. Because if you just rely on what you're comfortable with, who's really doing it? That's right. Is it you or is it the Lord? Are you depending on him or are you depending on what your skills and your confidence in yourself mm-hmm. or on God and what he how he's going to give you what you need? That's such a good point. That's mm-hmm. oh, I've always said that what God calls us to do, he equips us to Amen. do. Amen. And it's true. And I might not be equipped now to do it, but if he's calling me to do it, he will provide That's right. the resources and that does like you said, it, it, it all points to him at that point. That's right. Let's That's get it off right. of us and onto him. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, what a blessing you've been to be a part of the Here at Home podcast. Thank Hi. you, Pastor Mark. Man, I wouldn't mind having you here every week. Uh, <laughs> you're a lot of fun. Well, thank you so thank much. You, Pastor this Mark. wraps up another episode of Here at Home. And we want to thank our listeners, too, for listening and being a part of our Here at Home podcast community. And if they haven't subscribed, are you a subscriber to the Here at Home podcast? I am a subscriber to all of the podcasts oh, from McGregor. Good for you. So. Yes. Be a Kai and subscribe. There you go. And then uh, give us a thumbs up or a like or whatever you do. And uh, leave a comment too. Yes, and share. And share. Get the word out. There you go. Get the word out. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And we'll see you in a couple weeks back here at home.